Hello, Celestial Citizens. I'm Sarah Prudis, and welcome to Continuum. The universe is expanding, and so is the space industry. With all the new developments, announcements, and launches, it can be a lot to keep up to date with, so we're here to help. Continuum is a new show that's making space news relevant for the next generation and boldly challenging the status quo. Whether it's new discoveries and developments in technology or how what we're doing in space affects us all here on Earth, we'll cover it. We stream every other Thursday over at Celestial Citizen on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook and LinkedIn at 4pm Pacific time and full episodes of the show will be available to watch after the stream on YouTube. Find links to our streams in the episode description. But if you can't make our streams, then this is the podcast for you. Whether you're a space enthusiast or just starting to look up to the stars, we'll take the highlights of our show and collect them for you here. We are the outlet providing space news for everyone. So without further ado, here's the highlights from this week's Continuum. First up, Firefly Aerospace, a launch vehicle development company, has raised at least $75 million for a second launch attempt in its latest round of funding. The first launch, which took place last September, failed to reach orbit after one of its four engines gave out 15 seconds into the flight. The company is now under new ownership and is targeting a quarter to second launch. Moving on, and the James Webb Space Telescope has begun the process of completing its camera alignment. The Deep Space Telescope sent back a stunning photo last week of a star 2,000 light years away. And in six weeks, once its three other near-infrared cameras and guiding instruments are calibrated, it will be ready to peer back in time at galaxies billions of years old. Now, NASA recently announced a new competition to develop a second lunar lander as part of the Artemis program. Called the Sustaining Lunar Development Award, the project will ensure that another company, in addition to SpaceX, will help deliver astronauts and cargo to the moon. NASA official Jim Free indicated that the award will help foster, quote, healthy competition in space exploration. Now, scientists are developing a way to grow medicine in space using lettuce, which is, of course, the third most superior vegetable. See, medicine in space takes up valuable cargo room and can degrade due to radiation. But by growing lettuce leaves genetically modified to produce an anti-bone loss drug, astronaut health might one day be just a salad away. Axiom, a company with plans to build the first commercial space station, announced on February 2nd that NASA and its international partners had approved their first mission to the International Space Station. The launch had originally been scheduled for March 30th from the Kennedy Space Center, but has been pushed to no earlier than Sunday, April 3rd. Commanded by former NASA astronaut Michael Lopez Alegria, he, along with three paying customers, will spend a total of 10 days in orbit. Now for the Blue Origin flight. Blue had announced on March 14th that their next New Shepard mission would include a crew of six. Most notably on board would be Pete Davison, aka Famous Boyfriend. But then Blue Origin announced with little fanfare that the flight would be pushed to Tuesday, March 29th and that Pete Davison would no longer be able to join. Instead, he would be replaced by Gary Lai, known as the architect of the new Shepard system. While I'm sure everyone is simply devastated that the self-styled king of Staten Island couldn't be on the flight, I think we can all agree if anyone should get to go, it should be the guy who helped design the thing. Unbelievable. For the full story, check out our website, continuum-hq.com, or find the full episode on the Celestial Citizen YouTube channel.
Now let's move on and talk about lunar litter. There are currently more than 400,000 pounds of human-made material littering the lunar surface. This debris ranges from crash rocket stages to abandoned landers to bags of astronaut poop. Now without a radical new approach to space travel, the issue is only going to worsen in coming years. Vishnu Reddy, a geologist and space debris researcher at Arizona State University, says that we expect cargo on the order of around 50 payloads going to the moon in the next decade. So, I mean, why hasn't more attention been paid to tracking moon trash, both on and around the moon? I mean, why doesn't anyone want to give Neil Armstrong's Ziploc bowel movements the attention they deserve? Let's find out more now with this exclusive interview with Nadia Khan. Yeah, I think it's, it becomes really complicated. On Earth, we usually have like very clearly defined jurisdictions, borders, who is responsible for the waste, where and how are they dealing with it. And that's usually done like at a micro level, from a local level, all the way up to government and then national and then, you know, regional levels. Now, what we don't have for the moon is some kind of agreement which explicitly states who is dealing with what type of waste that they have created from their missions. We don't have that in place. At the moment, what we have is the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. But beyond that, really isn't anything in place right now to incentivize or compel states to maybe not damage the environment. And what does that mean? What kind of damage, what kind of materials are we using? To put it in really simple terms, it really begs the question of who takes out the trash on the moon, right? And that's just a taste of the story. For more, check out the full episode on YouTube or for the written article, head to our website, continuum-hq.com. Now, research is currently underway to help make space travel and space residency 100% recyclable. Proposed solutions range from zero-G lab-grown meat cells to building habitats out of insect exoskeletons. But these measures don't account for the trash that's already there. That's why researchers like Khan and Reddy aim to track moon debris so future lunar communities will at least be able to plan around it. And before we go, we'll leave you with one more comment from Nadia. What does your work around lunar debris on the surface mean to you personally? Why is this so important? It is a sacred environment. There's only one moon that we're aware of that exists for us on Earth. And it's really important. And there's only one Earth that we have, right? So the moon is kind of like a blank canvas to think about this problem outside of all of the biases we have here and the ways we've kind of done waste management here and propose like a new way forward. If we can think of a new way of responding to waste, understanding waste on the moon, then perhaps we could take some of those practices, bring them to Earth and adopt that circular economy method. And that's all from us. Again, if you want to watch the episode in full, check it out on the Celestial Citizen YouTube channel, which is linked in the episode description. And you can also follow us on Instagram at continuum.hq and Twitter at continuum underscore HQ. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date with what's going on in space. And while you're there, leave us a review so others can find us. And of course, subscribe to our Continuum newsletter on Substack for curated space news content. Tune in two weeks from now to keep up to date with all the cool stuff happening up in that big, beautiful cosmos that we're floating around in. Continuum, one giant leap every other week. Continuum.